Hello and welcome to Beyond Business with Wärtsilä, a podcast series that goes above the realms of strategy and operations and seeks to find solutions for our global problems. I'm your host Atte Palomäki and on a monthly basis I'll be talking to an expert in their field about how we can collaborate to make a real difference. The idea behind each episode is to look beyond the scope of profit and margins and to really discover how businesses, thought leaders and experts can rally together and use their experience, intelligence, forethought and honesty to facilitate positive change. Today we will be talking about sustainability, but not in the conventional sense of the word. We will shine light on how corporations are redefining sustainability, why it's about time they did so, and what this will mean for our society at large. Due to the COVID pandemic, we are doing this remotely, so this might impact the sound quality somewhat. To take the discussion forward, I'm joined by Kaisa Lipponen, Senior Vice President Communications and Sustainability at Paulig, an international food and beverages corporation with a mission. We have invited Kaisa as not only is she someone who has worked extensively in the area of sustainability for a number of years, but is now doing so at a company committed to creating a forward-thinking and sustainable global brand. Also, Wärtsilä and Paulig work together on our Power to X project, aiming to brew coffee using synthetic fuel made from office air. Kaisa, welcome to the podcast, and thank you for giving your time for us here today. Thank you, Atte, for the invitation. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, Kaisa, this is not the first time you're interacting with Wärtsilä. Could you tell a bit about your history with us and how the company has evolved from your perspective? Yeah, you you are right. I, I think everybody in Finland knows Wärtsilä, but I also happen to have a personal connection with the company. Uh, in my early career, about 15 years ago, I worked as a consultant, communications consultant, and Wärtsilä happened to be one of my clients back then. And uh, I worked quite closely with the COMS, IR and sustainability team of Wärtsilä. And uh, I was driving the sustainability report project, for example, together with the uh, Wärtsilä employees. And uh, I think it was really the first time uh, in my career when I got really connected with kind of uh, sustainability topics and real sustainability professionals. And I, I got really excited about this topic and I wanted to learn more and focus focus more on the sustainability topics. And uh, I think that it's partly uh, thanks to Wärtsilä why I'm here here today. And I think we are closing the circle a little bit. Well, thank you for those kind words. Sustainability certainly is at the core of everything that we do today and we aim to evolve further. You know, let's start perhaps with a bit of a tricky and philosophical question about the meaning of sustainability. So for you, what what is the core of sustainability? To me personally, it really means that I want to try to live in a way which enables creating a healthier planet for the future generations. And I try to make sustainable choices in my life. I don't eat any meat and I, I choose products which, uh, which, have a, which have a smaller environmental footprint and I try to consume less and, and recycle and those, those kind of things. So it's really a kind of a mindset and, and a choice for me. And, and it got the kind of a whole new meaning when I got my first uh, child six years ago. And I, I think uh, I have a 
real passion to, towards this topic. Yes, that's that's really great to hear. And as as you say, that you know, children make a difference, and uh, and certainly the next generation, they are challenging us all on this front, and that's that's really a positive thing. This change of perception, it's also you know happening on a corporate level. And for example, here at Vartsila, we apply a wide scope and definition of sustainability, and we look really over over and above the environmental issues. But uh, for Pauli, what when you have been expanding your approach, what has triggered this change? Yeah, I think uh, it, it's really interesting how, how sustainability has in, evolved over the years and um, decades. And, and uh, as you know, um, Paulika has a long heritage of 145 years as, as a Vartila as well. You, I know that you have a long heritage as well. And, uh, and we are a family-owned company and really the owners, they have always had the intention to, to do uh, responsible business and and so on. But maybe during the past decades, the focus has been very much uh, on on social responsibility in our su- supply chain and, and uh, kind of being a good corporate citizen in the communities where we operate and manage the risks and, and uh, those kind of topics. But I think that now, now when we are kind of expanding our thinking even even more. I think uh, it's no longer enough to really do less harm, but actually uh, try to regenerate and do things that we, we can have a positive impact, like you said, on our planet and, and people. And uh, I think this is all also the way how the UN Sustainable Development Goals have been designed. And uh, it's what our customers and consumers will also increasingly want from us in the future. So for us, it has been maybe a shift uh, from focusing on on one topic to, to creating a more comprehensive approach and uh, looking at the uh, impacts that we have uh, on on planet and people and society. So so that's probably the key shift. Recently, there's been a lot of discussion about shareholder capitalism versus stakeholder capitalism and uh, and a lot of expectations are are uh, put upon companies what is your view on what what is the moral obligation of companies to lead this process of being sustainable huh, yeah a big big question and uh, and like we have already uh, said uh, i think we both believe that companies should and and cart- should and uh, can participate in in regenerating the planet and society and i think we we as companies we have the resources and we have the innovations to do so and it is also uh in our best interest to do so there is really no business on the on a dead planet so so basically if we if we don't do anything uh for example to reduce emissions or or, or improve our products to, to be better, uh, I think then regulation needs to step in. So I think it's better to be proactive and start to really, really kind of uh, regenerate before that comes. Mm, yes. And also perhaps looking at the expectations from the financial community today, it really seems to be that, uh, you know, those companies that operate in a sustainable way, they are the ones that create long-term sustainable value in so many ways to their shareholders also so it's um, you know profitable to be sustainable in many cases 
Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, now now there is, uh, for example, discussion about carbon panic that actually investors are withdrawing from those companies completely who, who have something to do with fossil fuels, for example. So I, I think this will this will only accelerate in the coming de- decade. Um, it is a tricky for a cro- global corporation uh, to be mindful that uh, sustainability can mean so many different things in the different countries. So uh, our sustainability context here in Finland, it might be very, very different from that in Asia or the reality in South America. You obviously, you know, Paulig have been working uh, in in the uh, developing world for, for a long time. So, you know, what experiences do you have from that? How can we be mindful in striking a balance when mapping our sustainability plans. I think this is a very important point in, indeed. And um, I, I think in the countries like uh, Finland and other Nordic countries and even European countries, we are very advanced in our plans and are already talking about, you know, carbon neutrality and circular economy. And, and then if you go to the developing countries, their people are more kind of interested in their if they have enough money to feed their kids and uh, about their income and, and topics like that. So I, I think that the key is, is really to do very close collaboration with your stakeholders in the origin countries and in the development, uh, developing countries and listen to their needs and concerns. Uh, I have one example here. Um, for example, I, I visited some of our coffee-origin countries in Guatemala and Costa Rica a year ago, and I and I went there with one of big ambitions that now I'm going to talk about the uh, carbon neutrality and how how can we achieve a carbon neutrality in coffee. And but then when I and I went there and I talked with our suppliers and with the farmers, and and their biggest concern was really really not how how to reduce emissions of coffee farming but really how to ensure their own livelihood and livelihood of the communities so by understanding this uh, difference in uh, in in kind of different point of view i think it's it's possible to take an approach that combines both interest for example by helping them to adopt more sustainable farming practices they can get more income and also reduce the emissions and impact mm. on the nature, which is a win-win. But I, I think that it's kind of, you have to look look at the things also from their point of view, or otherwise it, it will not make sense to them. Let's, let's talk a bit about, you know, the practice today. Um, now, you know, we've you know gone through the fluidity of sustainability, but uh, commitments are needed in any case. And you already mentioned the uh, United Nations Sustainability Goals, but um, overall, looking at it with your vast experience, how have the sustainability-related commitments from companies changed over the years? Yeah, they have definitely, I I think, changed. Uh, And what the companies are are doing, for example, is that um, I think um, one of the big changes is that um, sustainability has really become part of the company strategy in in many companies at least in the front runner companies uh, which means that many of the commitments that are now nowadays defined and approved in the boardrooms and it also means that the performance is then reviewed um, on a regular basis and uh, we need to show the impact of the sustainability work even more uh, clearly and transparently 
And another big thing is that, as we can see, see now that especially in the climate part, many companies are setting kind of transformational and long-term commitments, which extend uh, very far, like beyond 2030 even. And they understand that the system change will require a lot of time, but they are brave enough to, to or courageous enough to actually set the direction and start working towards those commitments together with other companies. So. So, so those are some of the changes that I have I have seen. Yes, and thinking of bowling in in practice, would you have any examples of you know how this changed, what what it entails as a break from the past? Yeah, we we recently renewed our sustainability appro- approach uh, about a year ago, and and there we it was really much based on on uh, science and and data. So we we really wanted to understand our impact on 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 environment, on people, and and society. And we we used, for example, of course, we we had a kind of a life cycle analysis of the of the carbon emissions and and of the entire company, and we set science based climate targets. Um, uh, then we also looked at the um, overall kind of net impact of the company. I don't know if you have ever heard of or heard of the uh, Upright project, which is a Finnish startup, and they have created a tool how you can actually kind of analyze your net impact on on um, on uh, environment, health, and society and knowledge. So so we use that also to to understand better where where we need to focus on. Based on that, that data and uh, those analyses, we then uh, then defined the focus areas for us and we set a strategic ambition that 70% of our net sales comes from products and services which are good for both people and the planet by 2030. And this is really a commitment uh, which sets uh, a direction for our growth and development as a, as a company. And uh, and uh, yeah, now now we we have integrated the sustainability initiatives into our strategy and are really executing them as part of our business strategy. And the leadership team is accountable for kind of delivering on the targets. So th- that's where we are at the moment. Let's take a bit more of a critical hat and talk about you know the criticism about around greenwashing or CSR washing uh, that companies are facing today. Do you think that this discussion will detract us from what we really are trying to achieve or is it just mirroring what we need to be able then to to demonstrate in our operations yeah i think greenwashing question that's one of my favorite parts because you know i have been working both with communications and sustainability and i have a lot of experience of of this uh, from my from my past and uh, in in general i think that it's really good that people are becoming much more aware of sustainability topics, um, which means that they do not accept greenwashing anymore. And uh, it's good because I I think that then those companies who are really investing in sustainability will uh, become more competitive because uh, greenwashing uh, just doesn't count anymore. And uh, but then on the other hand, I also think that it's uh, uh, stakeholder engagement and interaction are very kind of big part of the sustainability work and it helps companies to develop. So I, I would really encourage every company to embrace also those stakeholders who criticize them and listen them uh, listen to them what, what they say. 
that you, you might even even learn something so so that's uh, kind of my my thinking but then of course i i think that there should always be a right balance between what you say and what you do and uh, and kind of you cannot just talk about sustainability if you don't have real actions behind that but on the other hand uh, and i think that it's Kind of, you cannot only trust that uh, that uh, sustainability actions speak for themselves, <laughs> and uh, and I think that you you kind of also need to inspire people to change and uh, talk about sustainability so that people understand that there are other ways of uh, of consuming and other other choices available, and and uh, companies and brands can have a huge role also also here. So so I I think that it's. Both, uh, both about doing doing the right things and also inspiring people with the sustainability communications. From some introspection to looking forward, I'm sure that you agree that we all need to team up with each other to make our footprint larger and more meaningful. But the key question is, how do we really do this? How can corporations work together to create a sustainable society? Yeah, it's a pity that you cannot see me because I'm nodding here all the time when you are speaking. So, so I again, I fully agree what you what you said. So, I, I think that change really requires cooperation, and uh, we can only deliver real transformational change if uh, if we join forces with with others. And I think that there are like different approaches here which you can take. But what I would where I would probably start is that I would look at your own value chain and see how to align your, your targets with your suppliers and customers and, and partners and other stakeholders. And I think that you will certainly find common challenges and opportunities and create these win-win partnerships. So that's maybe one, one angle. Um, then maybe another way to look at it is to, is to work together with your peers so, so basically, in many industry organizations and also in in many innovation kind of um, partnerships, you 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 are gathering around the same challenges and trying to trying to solve them. And then, of course, the third maybe option is to look beyond your most evident partners and explore mm. more. Uh, continuing on this uh, cross company and cross-industry cooperation, perhaps. Uh, here at Vartsila, we, we're taking a conscious effort to collaborate with different companies throughout the value chain, especially in the research and development for sustainable solutions. One good example being the uh, smart technology hub that we are building in, in Vasa. Uh, and, uh, and there we will be having a partner campus where the aim is that uh, we will invite universities, uh, our suppliers and uh, academia to together with with us innovate in a way where the fruits of that innovation, they are then being shared equally amongst all of the participants. Um, how about Pauli, do you have you know, any good experiences from this type of uh, cross-industry cooperation? Yeah, I, I think that curiosity is definitely one of the things or the mindsets that you should you should have when working with uh, with the more like for a more sustainable future. And if you want to kind of make sure that you have you have the 
capabilities for, for innovation and, and renewal. And it's good that you mentioned those kind of collaboration with the universities and, and other research institutions. Um, we we currently at public we don't have a program in place to systematically uh, work with with other companies across industries, but uh, of course we are working with many many uh, universities and and uh, research institutions and also co companies uh, on maybe more on demand basis, um, and then we also have kind of. Um, our own incubator called Pink, which is our venture arm. And we are then through that uh, uh, kind of uh, program, we are investing in startups and, and uh, collaborating with startups around food, food industry and sustainability. And recently we, for example, invested in Cafe Bueno, which is a, which is a, a startup who upcycles uh, our coffee waste into high quality raw materials for cosmetics for for instance so i think that very kind of surprising collaboration and partnerships can be found found uh, in the area of circular economy for example yes yes certainly well time flies when you have fun and uh, we're coming to the you know close of this episode so you know to, to wrap this up i'd like to ask uh, you know with your insights uh, looking at uh, you know the coming year 2021 and uh, and and uh, beyond what would in your view be the three key trends in sustainability going forward yeah I, I, like i said i i really i'm an optimist so i i think that this this may be decade if i'm looking at this decade until 2030 will be the decade for sustainability and exponential kind of growth in in sustainability so pandemic will probably give a big boost for green recovery. As we know, EU Green Deal is really boosting, boosting the investments in the renewables and sustainability across sectors. And, um, and also the, you know, Glasgow Climate Summit towards the end of the year will keep, uh, keep the topic on the, on the top of the agenda. And, and, um, then also, if I'm looking at this decade, I think one of the big changes that we will probably see is that when the millennials will will increasingly be part of the decision making and also the big uh, consumers, they they will will be driving driving sustainability and maybe sustainability will become more like a mainstream topic. So so basically, uh, it, it's it's a standard in in many many consumer products probably that they have to be sustainable and you they have to kind of have a have a copper neutral uh, yeah or, or, or something something like that and uh, maybe maybe one one thing is also the what technological development will will enable for us so so it's uh, for that reason i think also that uh, that many things will look completely different after after 10 years certainly that's a very important reminder and uh, let's let's keep that in mind while ending in this uh, you know your your sort of optimistic view that this is the uh, decade of a step change in sustainability there's definitely the millennials will be there to to remind us and uh, speed up that development and this brings us to the end of today's episode but the conversation around sustainability will and must continue Thank you, Kaisa, so much for an honest and insightful discussion today. It's really been a pleasure talking to you.
Thank you, Atte. Likewise, I enjoyed it a lot. And for your listeners, please do subscribe to our podcast on your platform and stay tuned for more fascinating interviews and discussions in the near future. I'm your host, Atte Palomäki, and this is Beyond Business with Wärtsilä.